Yeah, that's the sound of uh, the Philadelphia Union choking their way through the uh, rest of the season. Oh. They're going <laughs> to stumble. Is that too harsh? Too harsh. Too harsh to throw that. Black Sabbath, one of my, uh, one of my all-time favorites. Love Black Sabbath. Yeah, huge, so. I'm a huge fan. Kevin Kincaid and Dave Zeitlin. It's always soccer in Philadelphia. Welcome in, everybody. We're going to uh, share our thoughts on the uh, 2 nothing home loss Philadelphia Union and Orlando City from this past Sunday. But first, before we do that, let's uh, let's turn to uh, former Indianapolis Colts head coach Jim Moore to get his take on the game. That was a disgraceful performance, in my opinion. We threw that game. We gave it away by doing that. We gave them the friggin' game. In my opinion, that sucked. All right, so yeah, <laughs> so you heard uh, Jim Mora and his take on the uh, on the Orlando. Is this like our there. thing now, just quoting NFL coaches? Is, is this is this what the podcast is <laughs> no, going to be? I can't do. Listen, I can't do like I want to do these drops, you know, like these radio drops. But I don't, I don't have a. It's not like I have sitting something sit in front of me like a WIP or like ninety seven five the fact where I can just like press a button and have it have it go, you know. But I wanted to. Uh, it's like my favorite press conference of all time. Like, yeah, it's the fourth time in five podcasts that I've referenced. Yeah. It's, it's gonna be a highlight of uh, Jim Moore's career when he finds out he was on the "It's Always Soccer" in, in Philadelphia podcast. <laughs> That's right. That's like I feel, I feel either that or he sues us. One I of the feel, two. <laughs> right. I feel I feel for Herman Edwards because like he, now he's a regular on ESPN and uh, almost every day they play the uh, "You Play to Win the right, Game" right. clip. And I think that at the, he plays along with it, but I think at this point he's kind of getting uh, kind of getting sick of it, you know. But but to me, Jim Moore. Uh, uh, you know, will never get old. And how applicable, how applicable to this uh, Philadelphia Union <laughs> team who yeah. they have a 99.9% chance of getting into the, the playoffs. They're in whatever. Um, but there's just no, to me, there's no buzz about yeah. it at all because of the way that they finish. So, Dave Zeitlin, your thoughts on, yeah, on I mean, that? I, and how to- I wrote a column about it after the game. It's like the most di- um, union... A way to uh, get into the playoffs, right? The like, most uniony way. To like, get. It, it, like this team hasn't made the playoffs in five years. They've gone through so much since their last playoff game. They fired two coaches. How many different players? How many different uh, writers? <laughs> but, uh, but I mean, <laughs> yes. How many writers then, <laughs> have been so worn out? Of and them? then, and then to get into the playoffs, I mean, I still think it's an accomplishment. It's not like a huge accomplishment considering six out of ten teams get in, but it's not uh, nothing. And for it to happen at home while fans are booing uh, and for fans to be leaving, which they should have been doing. Like, as Jim said, like it was a bad game. Fans had every right to, but for them to, to, to basically guarantee their playoff berth in that kind of game is just very typical union, I guess, just not, not a great thing. (laughs) I just, I can't, I mean, there's just no, no other way to look at it. I mean, this team's going to break the longest uh, playoff drought in major league soccer. They're going to get into the playoffs for the first time in five years. Wait, wait, it's not official. They could lose six nothing, oh, and New England man. could win six nothing. New England could win. It's still, well, I wouldn't put anything past anybody <laughs> at this point. But uh, it, it's it's crazy to me when when you go back to the beginning of the season, and if if you know the scenario, lay out the scenario now. If if we're going back to January, this team's going to go to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Chris Pontius is going to be the team's leading goal scorer. Uh, the rookies are going to pan out and play pretty well. Take um, it. And they've done that on top of Maurice do not. Be not playing a single game and Vince Nogueira leaving at the middle of the season. I mean, if I had told you all of that yeah. going back to January, your response would be? I'd take it. Um, we actually asked Jim this after the press conference. Uh, Jim Curtin said he'd take it. Uh, most of the players would take it. You know, that five or six seed getting into the playoffs, it's 
when you think about it, it's almost the same as the as the three or the four. Like you're in the same spot. You just have to win a road game. So I mean, anywhere between that three and the six, it's kind of like a pretty good to average season. And where the Union were coming in, uh, like you said, the fact that they lost their their top midfielder mm-hmm. in the middle of the season, the fact that their captain hasn't played all year. I mean, just looking at it from that sense, it's a it's a decent season, but considering they were in first place through, I guess, April, May, some of June, right? Yeah, uh, up until the end of June, it that way, think, then, yeah. then it's not great. <laughs> then it's hard to... Well, it's it's so strange because, uh, you know, I think that we sat here and identified fourth place would be a perfect, uh, a great season for them, a big step forward. You'd host a home playoff game, and that would, that would go along with the expectations that you created for yourself. Uh, midway through the season, I, I don't, I don't necessarily believe in ch- in changing that line. You know, we talked about it on last podcast where if Carson Wentz comes out, wins three games in a row, now you think he's going to the Super Bowl, and now they lose two in a row. Now everybody's sort of saying, "Oh, it's it's this season, blah blah blah, whatever." But you know, it's just five weeks ago that people had expectations of them being an eight and eight team. So can you keep sliding those expectations? Yes, or can you, or do you not do it? Is that is that logical or illogical? You know, I think that. You know, again, the, the the reality of it is that this team, and Matt DeGeorge pointed out, this team's going to finish with a worse record than the 2014 team. Yeah. And they're going to finish sub 500. They're 11, 13, and, yeah. and something right now. Although Jim said afterwards it's not entirely fair to look at it in that metric because ties, you know, are are not losses. Like, they have more games where they didn't lose then they did lose. Yeah, so. I, I see. Well, I see it as a draw being 500. Draw, yeah, right, right. You know, so I, I don't know. I've, I've, I've always kind of looked at it that way. But um, again, it, it's, it goes back to, to me, I think you can say it was a success based on a lot of the steps that they took, bringing Ernie Stewart in, um, you know, playing well for a large portion of the time. The rookies doing well, um, I think, overachieving with the roster that they had in year number one of being a legit franchise and having the infrastructure that everybody else has. But you can also be disappointed that, again, they finished in the bottom half of the league. Um, they, the, they're going to probably finish with a negative goal differential. Um, and yet, to me, I, I think, yeah, the, the fact that the MLS playoff system is a joke, um, you know, fluff some of these teams to make it seem like it's better than it is. No, nobody you, – you go to other sports. You go to um, – the, the NBA, I think, is a good example. You know, every year you get like an eight seed in the East – um, that's going to get throttled by the Cleveland Cavaliers in the first round. If I'm a Washington Wizards fan or an Orlando Magic fan, whoever the hell finished eighth last year or the year before, am, am I sitting there saying, hey, we got into the playoffs, we had a good year? No. And then there's been cases... That's what the in- Sixers were trying to avoid, like being that team who always <laughs> got the eighth seed, right? They're like, let's just rebuild for four years and be terrible. And well, maybe- credit to them. Though. That's, yeah, and that's what the, the hinky guy, that's what the hinky people, uh, you know, use, use to their credit. Yeah, so, um, you know, in the NFL, every so often you get that seven and nine team in the playoffs and maybe they win a game but still i mean if you finish eight and nine with a playoff win is that yeah. a successful the fu- season the, see the funny thing is now it comes down to that first playoff game if they win that game on the road people are going to be like wow that's great they beat toronto they beat a new york city maybe and people are going to go into next season feeling happy but if they lose that game and they lose to the red bulls all of a sudden they end the season with eight straight uh, losses. Um, yeah. So there's so much that comes or down eight, to eight the, yeah, yeah. right. And yeah. So there's so much that comes down to that one playoff game. And is is that fair to like define a season based on one game on the road? Probably not. But that's just the way it's, it's going to be. I feel man. Like. I mean, have, I I can't you know remember any other time in. I'm sure there's examples in in other sports or whatever. But uh, how how 
big of a swing towards positive or negative, how, how, how one result for the union or how these next two weeks could take you to one side of the spectrum or the far opposite side of the spectrum. You know, it could be if they go beat New York on Sunday and then, like you said, beat Toronto out there, it's a, the season's a raging success. And if they lose two in a row, then it's a, a lot of people are calling, calling for, you know, Jim Curtin to be fired. I've never, I've never seen such a, uh, it's a little fickle. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's 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 crazy to think, but you know the thing that I keep thinking of is that there's no buzz now, you know. Right. And uh, I'm sitting here. I was I was kind of bored. At, at today's Wednesday. I was kind of bored at the press conference. I mean, what was there really to talk about? You got Red Bull. They're already in. Uh, they've clinched yeah. first place, but they can't win the Shield. So Jim Curtin said only he didn't dra- think yeah. that. He, the only drama of the game versus the Red Bulls is if uh, Bradley Wright Phillips wins the cat. Uh, Oh, the golden boot. The golden boot, because yeah, yeah the Red Bulls are basically locked into that top seed, and, and Philly's basically locked into the. They're locked seed, into the so top they... seed. They can't win the shield. The Union yeah. can get up to fifth place, but it, it, that doesn't really change anything because you're going on the road for. Right, right. I mean, uh, the the optics of it look better. You can say, yeah, they finish in fifth place right. instead of and forty five points is better than forty two. I mean, one game under five hundred is better than three. So I mean, yeah, th- they still want to win, but yeah, like you talk about the press conference. I think one of the big things that came out of it was Jim was talking about a uh, team meeting. Um, Ali Bedoya told us to after practice, he, he kind of raised his hand and was like, I didn't play that well. The whole team didn't play that well, but you know, it's the playoffs. Now we have this opportunity. And, and Jim was saying, you know, that's, that's a little bit rare. I mean, players don't always kind of, kind of raise their hand to a talk during meetings. So I think that says something about Ali Bedoya. I mean, what do you think about him, him right now? He admitted he he had a bad game. I guess most people would agree he had a bad game. But just what do you think about his game and I guess his leadership now? Just well, that's more. I mean, it's really good to hear that. It was Yeah, it was good to see him take responsibility for it on Twitter because he was horrendous in that game. Two terrible turnovers and then a third that he got away with in the uh, in the second half. I think he was the injury was more than was made of it because um, he just didn't seem like himself out there. He did have some nice defensive um you know, wins here and there. A couple of them came off his own turnovers, but it, it's good, and they they need that kind of person because, you know, who else on the on the roster really is that guy right now? Is it Brian Carroll? Yeah, Brian so, Carroll's not too vocal. He's Barnett not too is worn the armband, but yeah. he's he's not from this country. Chris uh, Pontius, he's only been here for one year. And Moa Do is is a leader, but he hasn't played yet. And, right, and we could talk about him again if you want. But, so uh, where's the rah rah? Yeah, well. Where's the that message coming from? It's a it's a fair question, you yeah. know. And uh, it's, it's it's good for, if it's for Bedoya. I mean, for yeah, for Bedoya, he's gonna be here three more years. He's gonna be in the playoffs for the first time. I mean, he's excited about that. I, I think fans should be. I know fans were down on him after that game. I understand why, but I think fans should be happy he's here. And I think, I think he's gonna play well in the playoffs. That's just my personal. Well, here's the thing. It's like opinion. what did what did Tranquilo Barnetta do in 2015? Right. It's hard to come over, yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of guys struggle with that adjustment. A lot of guys who come in during the summer, you know, like Robbie Keane is is an, is an exception. Even Tim Cahill was terrible when he came over here in that uh, first half season that he played. And so, but do, yeah, but do, there's going to be a learning curve for sure. And, again, I think he's playing in not his best position. So he looks like he'll play as a 10 next year if they can get him up there. But it's good to see that he's stepping into a leadership role now because, like you said, he's going to be here for three and a half years. You might as well do it now because yeah. it's – um, the game itself. Uh, do we want to even should we talk about that? Bad, well, I just think awful, it, you know what lifeless. It, it wasn't even that they that they lost. It was that you just I watched it unfold almost exactly like it was some Eagles NFC title game where oh, you, so many you, Eagles it was just references. Be, no, no, no. Ugh. Listen, man, it was like <laughs> I had I had visions of Joe Juravicious running down the field when Carlos really? Rivas was on that breakaway Bay, and yeah. that that comedic goal that they gave up and. 
it just like if uh, it was so appropriately Philadelphia the way that they lost the game you know getting shut out at home giving up two terrible goals yeah. the second the second one whatever I mean the game's pretty much over anyway but Richie Marquez just kind of putting a header on the ball and it, go- it goes uh, you know over the entire back line but that f- that first goal was just a, a complete comedy of errors and there's yeah. there's no way for that team that anything like that should should ever have it wasn't it wasn't the way that it wasn't that they lost it was the way that they lost to me that was more well it's funny because you brought up uh on October 2014, kind of before the game, you asked Jim about it, and Jim was like, "Nah, this is a, a different team. That's in the past." Oh. And then it, it looked like that 2014 team when uh, Rice made the big error, the Chicago against Chicago, mistake, yeah. and, and in that the Columbus one, one game the week later where they were up two nothing and they gave up uh, three goals in six minutes, three goals. So, so Jim was talking about it being a, a different team, but then that goal they gave up kind of looked. And felt familiar, which is very a hard thing for Union to, fans to deal with. And it was strange, too, because they had two weeks off, and they kept repeating in the locker room and in the press conference that they had a really, really good week of training and that they felt loose and that they didn't think that they came out flat or came out nervous or anything like that. I think they're running out of ideas in the attack. CJ Sapong is, is I don't know where he is right now. He suffered another concussion. Yeah, in we should talk about but, that. I mean, with him having a... Yeah, concussion now. I mean, I think it's a perfect time to uh, do something else. Maybe start Charlie Davies. I mean, Jim's probably like a month uh, too late. Like we said uh, in like two or three podcasts ago, that, that just give CJ just one time. game off. Just let him kind of rethink some things. Give Charlie Davies, put out Fabian Herbers up there. And it's too. I mean, yeah, it's too Which late Jim didn't now. Want to because do. what? What? So okay. So the the the, the playoff games are on the twenty. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, they're on the twenty sixth and the twenty seventh. Right. Um, so if you play Sunday, then you have. Two or three days uh, off. One, two, It could be only three. two days off. Yeah, yeah you could have two, two or three days. So yeah. 48 or 70, 72 hours. Um, so, okay, so say you um, – well, let, let, let me ask you this. I mean, who, who – you know, let's just – let's go over the starting starting 11 for, for Sunday. I mean, considering the injuries – the injuries that uh, Jim talked about in the press conference, CJ's going through concussion protocol. Josh Yarrow's still doing that too. Chris Pontius um, has a little bit of hamstring tightness and Tranquillo, they've kind of been giving him days off yeah. uh, throughout the, I didn't, you know, Ken Tribbett also wasn't out there on Wednesday either. Mm-hmm. We didn't, I don't think we even asked about okay. that. Did we? So, I mean, all that considered Sunday, I mean, who are you putting out there? I would do some tinkering. I mean, I'd play Moa do. I asked Jim about this. I mm-hmm. mean, you have him, he's been healthy. Uh, this game, when you think about it, doesn't mean that much. So why not just put out Mo out there? And if he plays well, he gives you a, a few minutes. All of a sudden you, you're looking at the playoff game like he's an option. But if he doesn't play Sunday, he's not going to play in the playoffs. Uh, I mean, yeah. just, why so not just not, give him a shot? I know. I mean, if, if not now, then when? Well, okay, well, let's go back to front here. I mean, goalkeeper Andre Blake. Uh, Is eh. there a reason to sit him? I'd go Matt Jones. Matt Jones. Give Matt Jones a game. Nah. What the hell not? Yeah, well, I don't, you know, yeah, I don't think goalkeepers need rest, but even then, I nah, mean, that's just Blake. Blake um, I think Blake's four saves away from setting the team record for okay, saves. Okay, so we think Andre. Okay, so we think Blake's going to play out there. Um, who, who are you playing as your center backs? I, I, I'd stick. I mean, if Yarrow's healthy, I'd go with him and Marquez. I wouldn't change the back line. I don't think I'd go with Rosenberry Fabinho. I don't think there's a reason to play Gaddis unless you do. I'd play. I'd, yeah, I'd switch up everything, to be honest. I you would? would? Play, I would play, uh, you know, one of Mark. I would play Marquez with Adu at center back. Don't you think it's dangerous to do, like, that much uh, tinkering? Like, I think maybe two or three spots, but I'm not. I'm not playing yeah, but, like well, Taylor Washington. Yeah, but let me like let me let me get through the thing here. Come on. Um, so <laughs> so let's let's put Ray. Get, let's uh, let's give Keegan Rosen. I mean, the, the kids played every single frigging game this year. I mean, can you give him? Can you play Ray Gaddis for one game? But if Keegan plays, he becomes the 
It's like a record, I think. Oh well, I mean, do they like do do the they only care rookie, about that, or the, are we the, the only, only rookie to play? With? Okay, all right. <laughs> so you're thinking in those terms. I get it. Um, okay. Well, well, the, I mean, we'll go through every position, and that's the kind. Those are the kinds of questions. Left back, you want to play Fabinho again? No issues really there. Yeah, I mean, I'd be if they want to play Gattis over Fabinho. That's one move where I'd be okay with. Yeah. This is what I'm doing in the mid. I think I'm changing up the midfield. I'm playing Warren Craval. Uh, at the six, and I'm giving BC. Uh, I'd play BC in the playoff game. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll play. At the, I'm also going to rest Bedoya because he still talked about having a little bit of pain with yeah, the rib. Did. So I'm going to play Kevin Kratz as the number eight. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to play at the number 10. I'm going to play Roland Alberg, and I'm going to give Tranquillo a, a rest too. So my midfield's going to be Craval, Kratz, and Alberg. So you're playing Mo at center back? I'm playing Mo at center back, I, yeah. I just, I mean, I like that move. Would you sit? Would you sit? I just Kerval don't think it's going to happen. Okay. I think if they do play Mo, it's going to be in the midfield. That's where he's been practicing. Um, I think it's kind of too late at this point to put him at center back. So how so, about how about this? How about you play like Marquez? How about Craval like, Mo trusty or something? Or how about Mo at the eight? Or do you think Mo would have to be at the six? Uh, yeah, I mean you could play Mo at the six. You could play Kratz or even Derek Jones if you wanted to give him a run. And then say who on the left and the right? I would I would play. I'd see how much he can get out of Elsino. Elsino, yeah. Um, and then on the left, I wouldn't play Chris Pontius. I would play. You could do Leo uh, or like Restrepo or something. Yeah, Walter Restrepo. Why not? And then I'd play Charlie. Charlie I'd start Davis Charlie Davies yeah. for sure. I mean, I, I, that's the one move I've been touting for a while. I, I think Charlie kind of needs a game to start just to kind of get more integrated. But he's been coming into games late, and he hasn't been doing much yeah, of anything. He hasn't. I, I shared a visual of his chart um, after that game, and it had not. It was completely blank. Because he didn't, because he didn't have a single touch. Now New York's interesting on the other hand because they, so this game's on the twenty third. They would not play their playoff game until when's the f- first round game? They're not on the weekend, are they? Yeah, it's, it's on oh, the weekend. It's so, on the twenty yeah. It's the, Saturday or Sunday, I think. Yeah. So New York would New York played last. Okay, so what Jim was saying was that, okay. So a Red Bull fan was asking me something. I was kind of confused on Twitter because Red Bull last played on the sixteenth, right? So if they sat all their starters on the twenty third, they would have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, like fourteen or fifteen days off okay. in between. So Jim didn't seem to he seemed to think that they're going to play most of their starters they on Plus Sunday BWB's because they wouldn't want yeah. to sit there for for two weeks straight right it's not like it's a, plus they have guys going for records too uh bwp uh, golden boot i think sasha cleston has a chance for like the assist record or something okay so you think they're so. gonna play it's not much of a travel for them anyway they're just yeah I, I think they'll play most of the guys i think the union will probably end up playing most of their guys too i think maybe just maybe uh two or three spots yeah i think you might see like one or two changes for them i think you might see like gonzalo verone come in or something like that but but yeah i mean they'll probably play most of their starters um okay so that's that what what else do we have on this should we talk about i mean you asked jim about options for who he'd like to play in the first round of the playoffs i think that's an interesting one i i personally think toronto is the toughest game i don't think they're going to toronto and winning i think they can win if they make the short trip to uh, new york city or dc i think it's still tough but i think they can do it i think if they go to Toronto. I can't see this Toronto team losing the first round. I think this Toronto team will be in the MLS Cup. That's my prediction right now. Yeah, so. and Toronto, when they had Javinko and they were all healthy, they shredded the Union three to one at uh, Talon. And the one one draw, uh, Philly played really really well that first half, and then kind of ran out of steam in the second. But Javinko was injured, so yeah. If we're ranking them, I'd say that's the least um, desirable. Also, because I don't want to drive the my 2004 Ford Ranger to Ontario again. We take your car if we go, because that doesn't have air conditioning. So um, I, don't know I think about it's that. fixed. I haven't tried turning it on okay, in like a good. year, but um, and uh, okay, so NYC and DC. So okay, this is weird because 
those are both easy travel distances. It's the same thing, right? Um, NYC has the shitty field. Um, they lost the union lost uh, up there earlier this year. They only played them twice this year. DC, they were uh, one minute away from sweeping. Uh, yeah. Of course, DC was a completely different team back then. So NYC or DC, who do you? I rather? mean, I'd I'd rather play DC. I, I mean, I know DC is hot, but if they, I mean, if you're lo- looking at this game like it was in May, like the uh, union are going to RFK, it would be like a toss up game. Mm-hmm. I mean, DC, I don't want to. I, I just think it's a game that the union play well there sometimes and. It's a kind of a toss-up game. It would still be an upset, but I, I could see the union of. I think the confidence would be game. higher. Yeah, going going down there, knowing what they've done against them earlier this year. Um, NYC is, an, is another team like Toronto. I mean, they have such good players. I, I can't really see them getting bounced in the first round. If the union do take out uh, a Toronto or New York City, I mean, that's a pretty cool story. I mean, that would be a yeah, and then that would set them up nice for. Upset. I mean, I can't. I don't have the bracket in my head or whatever. But yeah, I would. I would say in that order, I would. Re- I would prefer to play DC than. Uh, actually, I'd prefer to play New York than DC than Toronto okay. in that order. What else you got on the uh, on the sheet over there? Should we do some Twitter questions? Uh, yeah, let's see what All we right. uh, people have. On uh, let's see. Uh, James Lockerby says, "Please tell me the uh, goalkeeper auditions were were just for fun post practice." Oh. And I hate to say, it, but El Senio is actually going to be. <laughs> Their new goalie, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Elsino had a great save yeah. on, on Andre Blake. Yeah. They're taking videos of that. Elsino looked pretty yeah. good. I, I know, know Mark some... Narducci asked uh, Andre about that. And, uh... Some fans are saying, like, oh, it's uh, an injury waiting to happen. Well, I, yeah, I know. You could you could get injured doing anything. I had somebody at a, a wedding attendee who injured themselves walking to the venue. <laughs> so you could that can... Uh, could we also talk about our soccer game at... Uh, between uh, practice and the press conference, yeah, I Mark Narducci was just it. was I. Like, we had a little uh, kick showing off some skills, yeah, yeah. Mark Narducci, who was wearing penny loafers, uh, <laughs> just juggling, <laughs> juggling. It's, it's like we're passing the ball around. Left he's, foot, he's right juggling. foot. He was showing a, a whole lot. Yeah, I don't know if the technique, um, uh, you know, was that great from anybody out there, but the balls were going where uh, where we wanted them to. And uh, Matt DeGeorge even had a header that knocked his hat off and uh, went into the little dugout. Thing. Yeah, that was my long ball. I was pretty happy with no, that. No, you were hitting them from a good uh, 20 yards away, and you yeah. were you were just putting them, uh, playing them exactly. right to feet. Right to feet, yeah. So that, that leads good... us into our, our next question <laughs> from uh, Mike SOB3704. <laughs> What needs to be done for the obviously needed turnaround in form result to make this playoffs uh, not just one game? And I think the answer is me. I mean, mm-hmm. I was knocking uh, balls off Matt DeGeorge's head. That's something that yeah, they need. Yeah, replacing him right there. That service was what CJ Sapong is not being <laughs> good. They had a media game last week, by the way. Uh, you guys didn't make it down to that. I, I was there fasting. For they the, were, I mean, I don't want to say anything. Was but it Rush? It was Yom Kippur. It was Yom Kippur, Yom Kippur, Yom Kippur pretty yeah. much the biggest holiday, and I was fasting, and they have a few Jewish reporters. So are you allowed, so let me ask you this. Um, are you allowed to, like, participate in activities, or you just didn't want to do it because you weren't I you mean, weren't technically, Yom Kippur is a day where you just, like, sit home all day just, like, and hang out. fast okay. and not do much. So, I mean, I'm not, like, the best Jew. I probably could have gone, but it's, like, the one day where I kind of try to Would you say you're, like a, like, a cultural... Like, is that the, the term? Like, you yeah. observe the holidays? I mean, I, I actually the... go to synagogue for uh, Rosh Hashanah okay. and Yom Kippur. So that's better than a lot of people. So. Yeah, very good. Okay. I'll take credit for that. There, there you go. <laughs> so but, they, now they had a little, like, media game and, and like, walkthrough session where they took us into um, the uh, training facility and they did a little video presentation. There there were a couple regulars there, but for the most part, it was, like, people from, like, CSN and NBC yeah. and CBS and the, the people who aren't regulars down there. They wanted to kind of uh, give them a tour of the new uh, – 
training complex and all that stuff, which it should have happened a long time ago, but they only just got the naming rights thing right. done. So I think that's what they're. Yeah, we've been for. in there for like a bunch, like six a months, bunch of time. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. I threw three slide tackles down during the media yeah, game, which could, those yeah, guys. could either be uh, construed as being a total asshole or just you know playing hard. So um, anyway, what? Uh, we, but what that guy, uh, going back to that question, he's basically yeah. asking like, "You're the uh, tactics guy. Like, is there?" Is there one or two things you'd really try to change, like in the playoffs? Yeah, well, I mean, they, they they the problem now is that it's too late. Uh, we were talking f- weeks ago about them trying to four four two or giving CJ a rest or trying to get Charlie Davies more involved and stuff like that. I think that they've just cornered themselves yeah. now and that they they just can't come out of the four two three one. And that's what the the roster was built for anyway. I mean, because they signed all these midfielders and that's where the strength was. So right. now you're going to take one of them out and try somebody else up top, but. It should have happened weeks ago. It should have been CJ and Herbers up top, or try CJ and uh, Charlie up top. And Bedoya is a guy who can play in a four four two. So I just think that they, when Vince Nogara left the team, that was the kind of opportunity there to experiment a little bit and make sure you still had the shape right. And I just think they they blew that opportunity. Has Jim ever really changed his shape? I I feel like it's pretty much been that that four two three one forever. All year they played. Uh, four two three one. They played yeah. a kind of a false nine to that Houston game. Remember, because all three yeah. of the strikers were injured, and Allberg played up top. But that, in twenty fifteen, actually, the very first game of the year, they came out playing four four two. They played Fernando, oh, yeah. Fernando Rosigueta and uh, CJ up top, and then they didn't play four four two for the rest of the year. <laughs> so they played it. He, so right. one out of the last 60, two and a half years, sixty eight games, I think okay. he started in that formation. Uh, Stan. Stan Pasakinis uh, says potential striker acquisitions in the offseason is Aaron Johansson a possibility. I I mean I'd say yeah. Uh, nice. JT Tannenwald was talking about this um, on Twitter the other day. He's he was injured uh, for Bremen for most of last year. I think all all last year, right? And uh, now I'm not really sure if he's playing over there. If he's in favor for for that, that'd be a good move. I mean, two U.S. national team starters in there. Mm-hmm. Him and Bedoya. And Ernie, uh, Ernie knows yeah, Ernie him knows from yeah, that, so That makes sense, Stan. I like it. I think, and I think beyond that, I think uh, you lean on Ernie to get like a, get a guy like a, uh, you know, Chicago picked up like a Michael DeLeu or whatever, you know, from, uh, where did he come? Not fine. Or, um, he came from Gron- Groningen, if I'm saying that right. And so, I mean, you could get a decent goal-scoring uh, Dutch league striker to come over here for a million dollars, right? Yeah. Have the Union ever signed a big big time striker i mean when you think about it connor casey <laughs> no they really haven't i mean they they really gotta you know not to get off like super off topic here but people were saying you know if you sell andre blake in the winter you know what for th- this is what for say you sell blake for three or four million i don't i don't think you get any more than that from him say you say you sell blake for four million uh mls takes like a million dollars of it right you take two million and you sign a designated player striker for two years right one million for the first year one million for the second year and you take that third one million dollars and you invest it in the training complex or the academy or some other piece of infrastructure and you're basically flipping a goalkeeper for long-term investment and a dp striker because it's just you know they they need that more than anything i mean you look at at all these other teams in the east david via sebastian javinko josie some of them have multiple you know, DP goal scorers on the team. The union doesn't. So anyway, well, speaking of Blake, there's a question from uh, Gerard Snyder 31. If they sell Blake, what's the uh, direction and goal who is not here next year? And does Eric Ayuk have a future with the union? So if you want to start with uh, direction and goal, would you, if they do sell Blake, would you feel comfortable 
with either John McCarthy or Matt Jones, or do you think they need to get someone else? Well, yeah, first of all, Matt Jones is on loan uh, this year, so they'd have to sign him from uh, from Bellinance. Right, right. And um, I think he's I, – I, we haven't seen a lot of Matt Jones this year. I know everybody's kind of like kind of whatever, up and down, but yeah. he's behind Andre Blake, right? And this is a guy who played like 80-plus games in the, in the Portuguese top division. So he's played – at Porto, at Braga, at Sporting, you know, you know, the, he he's not some bum, right? You know, so if they like what they saw from him in training, you could probably get him uh, on a permanent deal, or maybe even extend the loan for another year. Um, but John McCarthy, I don't think is the answer. No, um, he's but, a true back. He's a great backup to have here. Like the, what they should have had is they should have had Zach Steffen um, in the pipeline instead of Ugh. allowing him to go to Germany and then come back to Columbus, whatever the hell that was all about. So um, if their Academy was what it is now, I think that wouldn't have happened. Right. It was back then. Like I, yeah. They probably lost guys. They probably lost him. They probably lost Christian Pulisic. Like when you think about it, like if there was the school back then, would he have gone from Hershey? Right, I mean, there wasn't anything. There's a few so. years there where they just weren't really getting the uh, young talent. In. What was the second, second part? Oh, of uh, who's not here next year. We can talk about that more. In our next uh, podcast, probably. Uh, and is there a guy who have a future with the union? Yeah, so. I think he does. Yeah, I, think um, he does. I, I, you know, I'm surprised he actually didn't get first team minutes this year. I mean, he's not any worse than uh, Leo Fernandez or um, Walter Restrepo, from what I've seen. I think Eric Ayuk. He was good last was year. One of, yeah, yeah he scored a couple goals. I think I think Eric Ayuk was one of the best players for Steel this year. I think the best Steel player by far was Ryan Richter. Who earned a transfer and uh, Daly too who earned a transfer yeah. early. You know. Um, but beyond that, I mean, he kind of he kind of stood out on a team that was just sort of a you know the first year feeder. So. Yeah. Uh, from uh, Richard Ells, what grade would you give Ernie Stewart in the area of player acquisition to this point? Um, I'd give him a B. Yeah, I mean, Roland Alberg was, I guess, his big one from him, and he's a good player. He hasn't really shown to be a star as they would have. Well, and they liked. just the problem too is that they don't. He's a Four four two kind of kind of player, you know. Again, you you brought a guy in who doesn't fit the formation, um, so I I can't imagine what those discussions are like. I mean, they they obviously agreed at the beginning of the year that they're going to play four two three one, and they weren't going to go for a big big striker this year. But you know, Ernie brought in two more midfielders, Ilsenio and Alberg, and uh, you know they already had Tranquillo Barnetta um, at the ten, and then they went out and got Bedoya on top of that as a stopgap for the Nogueira thing. So I, I don't. I think his signings have been good, and I think he's brought in quality players. But I, I don't. They needed other yeah. spots, you know. The best move was probably uh, Chris Pontius. I'm not sure if that was Ernie. And that, that might wasn't have been, an Ernie. Might have been more of a gym. No, thing. think about it. I mean, everybody's given Ernie a lot of credit, and he deserves it. But uh, you know, Pontius um, was Jim and Chris. Keegan Rosenberry was Jim and Chris. Well, the draft, uh, I mean, I actually wrote a, a big piece on the uh, rookies and the draft. I mean, Jim said that Ernie came in like they were targeting those uh, three guys with mm-hmm. uh, Keegan, Josh, and Fabian. And, and Jim said that could be a draft that like uh, defines this franchise for the next 10 years. And, yeah, so even, I mean, Ernie so, didn't know anything about Keegan Rosenberry, obviously. Right, but but it, the other two guys, Yarrow and Herbers, you could yeah. say, yeah, maybe he was more influential in that but because he didn't have the history with, with um, you know, with Keegan. But... um. Yeah, I don't know. I'd say B. I I think this this winter will be interesting. Um, what else? Was, what it was a good off season. I don't, um, yeah, I don't see too much yeah, else. Did you see any? Um, no, is there any topics? Will it do ever play see? in a union uniform again? Yeah, hopefully Sunday. It could be um, Sunday. What direction? What should they sit players? Yeah, we went over that. Yeah, we went over um, the sit players. I think that's it. Maybe not. Uh, has this season been a success? No non soccer questions. No Jim Mora questions, which I find no. odd. Yeah, playoffs. Um, 
you'll get another uh drop in there somewhere but uh all right that's pretty much it yeah i i mean we'll try to we'll see what happens this sunday again um you know just seating at stake i'm interested to see who they put out there but um you know we're gonna be uh driving up to either new york or dc will you here's the question we'll end on this will you travel to to toronto (laughs) if they play i don't think so i went up to toronto the one time it's hard when you have a kid it is, yeah. The one time I went up to Toronto was for it was in 2012 when uh, Toronto was 0 and 9, and Aaron Winter was their head coach, and that was after the press conference where Danny Cooverman said they were the worst team in the world, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they beat the Philadelphia Union one nothing. Was that Peter the game Novak's, that got Peter Novak fired? Yes, right? it was. Yeah, and because, then you and Kareef went up and had some poutine. Right? Uh, that was a Montreal trip. Oh, that was a different one. Yeah, all of my Canada trips have been Canada? very, very Jeez. bad for the Union. The uh, Toronto, they lost to the worst team in the world, and then Montreal it rained the whole weekend. At, so fans uh, don't want you to go to Canada. Yeah. So basically, like, I home. should I should stay in uh, in Fishtown here. <laughs> all right, that'll do it. Uh, episode number f- was this five or six? I don't, I don't know. know. Wow, we're we're getting five. up there in number. Definitely five. We've done so many that I can't remember. Thanks. We got again. one more playoffs before you sign off. <laughs> Playoff. <laughs> there we go. Uh, thanks again for everybody for listening on uh, SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher. Again, if you want us to get get this up on any other format, just give us a shout. And we'll do it. Uh, it's always soccer in Philadelphia. Kevin Kincaid, Dave Zeitlin. We'll see you next time. Peace. Thanks. Well, what happened was that second game, we got our ass kicked. Or the second half, we just got our ass totally kicked. We couldn't do diddly poo offensively. We couldn't make a first down. We couldn't run the ball. We didn't try to run the ball. We couldn't complete a pass. We sucked. The second half, we sucked.